What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the All-Star Comics Podcast, powered by Horizon Comics. I am your host, Jonathan Cote, and joining us on the panel tonight are... Dave Ramirez. Roger May. Johnny Morales. Producing, as always, is... Oh, do I have to say my name Yeah. Now? Oh, okay. My name is Matt Lubick. There we go. Well, we just adjusted your mic, so I figured we might as well see how it works. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. I think. Uh, if this is your first time listening to the show, we are a review slash spoilery podcast, so we will try to give you enough heads up when we're going to ruin something. Uh, we typically review a uh, Marvel book, a DC book, and an independent book. We are going to review a graphic novel. We are going to tell you a little bit of some news and such that's happening within the comic book world. And we're going to do some trivia so you guys at home can win some cool stuff to read. Uh, so let's go ahead and start things off. We kind of changed things up recently. If you are a new listener, we are starting with news nowadays. So Johnny, yes, who's been doing actually a pretty decent job Oof. curating our news. Thank you. That's real bad. Anyway, you got to get that little soundboard. I need a sample of that. You do, Matt. The first piece of news that we have is Marvel's Wolverine, the long night podcast drop. Uh, its first preview. Uh, you can check that out. Uh, just Google it. Uh, but the main news, the main takeaway from this news is that uh, the podcast it's, is coming out on March 12th on Stitcher Premium and then everywhere else uh, later on in the fall. And what is that about? Um, it's basically a murder mystery and basically all things point to Wolverine. Okay. Yeah, so it's it's a it's an audio drama. Uh, I don't know if you've 10, heard 10, 12 parts, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you ever like listened to audio dramas like, like a the podcast. old nineteen thirties kind of thing. Yeah. Well, like, well, yeah, kind of like s- someone in radio that mysteries. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's we so like have to do one of those. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that, that's basically uh, so you can look forward to that uh, for uh, March twelfth uh, on Stitcher Premium. How about Bendis is one thousand one? We'll all pick characters. <laughs> oh, that'd be good. Sorry, Jonathan. I got. <laughs> I feel like you could. <laughs> you could totally pull that radio podcast with this Wicked and Divine oh, God. comic. Yes. Oh my God. Yep, that would be it. Um, right, so that's at uh, March 12th on Stitcher Premium. Um, the next piece of news is Back to the Future manga uh, arriving from One P- Punch Man artists. Stop uh, adapting that. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> Yusuke Murata, uh, the artist from One Punch Man, is uh, adapting the first uh, movie. That's a manga we should review. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I, for whatever reason, I have this like morbid curiosity. Of I, checked out, I checked out. I checked out the uh, some of the art pages. They look real nice. And Can people just stop adapting it? Like, there's a comic book. There's a bad video game now. There's a manga. It's like the Telltale game. Yeah, you didn't like it. No. Anyway, <laughs> um, I've never I've never seen Back to the Future, so I might read this manga. Oh my what? god! Oh. Okay, we need to tie you down and That's beat like you. Top ten greatest this movie ever. Whatever. Like we got to do that Clockwork Orange thing. Yeah, you probably haven't seen that either. But you got to just be like, <laughs> he doesn't know that reference. <laughs> what is that? He'll probably like it though. It's like teen oh, yeah. drama. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> We're gonna pin your eyeballs open. All right. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's um, coming soon. Don't know when. Uh, next one is DC Comics uh, announces Batman and Catwoman's wedding date, oh, uh, yes. which is in Batman number 50, and that's uh, July 4th. Of course. Yes. That's around the same time as the Kitty and Colossus wedding. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that, too. Uh, <laughs> it's probably the biggest wedding since, you know, Superman and Lois Lane, I guess, in 1996. Jeez. Sounds about right. Damn, that was 96? Yeah, yeah. I, was, oh, I thought that was like way earlier. No, because it was way after. Uh, it was a few years after Death of Superman. That was when mm-hmm. they did that. 
So it's one of those, uh, you saved my life, I came back from the dead, let's get married moments. <laughs> like they're so common. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a thing apparently, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was two years old. Um, At least it's holding on strong. You know? We a little baby. What? Yeah. It's holding on strong. 96 yeah. to now. Yeah. Oh, man, it's over 20 years. <laughs> uh, the next one, which is honestly uh, my favorite, is uh, DC launches new young reader and middle grade imprints. Um, basically, they've been talking about this for a while, uh, but it turns out they're working on two imprints, one for young readers, probably sixth uh, grade to like ninth grade, and um, some for middle grade, which are like the third to sixth. Uh, and that comes with um, books like Harley Quinn, Breaking well, Glass. Hang on, hang on. It's yeah. DC Inc., right? And, and then DC Zoom. Yes. Sorry. Those are your two that you're going to be wanting to look for. And they're, from what I understand out of this, they're not going to be super continuity heavy. Right. So it'll be easier for people to just come in, pick up whatever one that they're drawn to because yeah. it's going to be more of a character study as yeah. opposed to, um, you know, like a heavy universal story of whatever's going on like with everybody else's Multiple books. one-shots kind of thing? I don't know if it necessarily multiple one-shots. They're books. But um, it's going to be like a, a book. Oh, OGN. Uh, yeah. yeah. So okay. that's a good way. Yeah. yeah. Original graphic novel. So graphic. yeah, the DC Inc. is the YA uh, books and DC, DC Zoom is the middle grade reader books. And basically uh, the Zoom books will be uh, around 128 pages, uh, yeah. around 10 bucks. And oh, the wow. Inc. Oh, books not bad at all. Oh. Uh, will be a little bit under 200 pages and they'll be 1699 in Sixteen ninety nine. So you're getting you're getting a lot of bang for your buck for your kid. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. yeah. uh, actually, real quick on that note, because one of the one of the coolest things that I've seen twice now this week in the shop, and Roger was there because we we talked about it was yesterday. So. Grandma came in, picking up comics for her grandson, and then I think it was the end of last week. His dad brought his kid in. He's like, Dad, this is Super Sons. And he's telling his dad, like, what happened in the previous issue of Super Sons. And he was, like, a little kid. Oh, man. Uh, he was, like, eight, right? Yeah. Would you say? Yeah. I, I mean, I just that, – that kind of stuff – is so great to see because yeah. I told Roger, I was like, that was me when I was a kid. I'm actually getting kind of choked up right now, man. I'm like hearing him, I'm tearing up. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. No, there's so. nothing that makes me happier than than someone bringing their kid in or their grandkid in and, and I feel like picking up books. It I have was a super nephew. nice to see. I have a yeah. nephew and I'm already like, I'm like, here's some Green Lantern stuff because I like it now. <laughs> but then I'm like, man, you're going to be so bummed when I start handing you the Batmans because you're going to get sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, they're coming out like in graphic novel form, except for Gene uh, Gene Yang's uh, Superman Smashes the Clan. That that will be a periodical. Cool. Yeah, uh, and then the biggest news of all, which you can take it away. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. The okay. <laughs> so everybody that's listening, if you're a longtime listener, um, the, you know that. I have strong feelings about Brian Michael this Bendis. Came out, this came out the day after, after we, were, yeah. we recorded. Yeah. Yeah. Last week. This came out last Thursday. So I want to start off by saying if anybody tries to tell you that God does not have a sense of humor, I want you to point them to this situation. For like a year and a half, I have railed against Bendis because we know he's a capable writer. He's written some good stuff, but he's also written a lot of crap. Mm-hmm. And I've still maintained that he was replaced by a scroll at some point, but I digress. 2008. Yeah, around 2008. Um, apparently, DC is just handing him the keys to the kingdom. He is not only writing one book, he's writing two books no, that are well, that are state. Well, yeah, he's writing eight, but the two main ones are Action Comics 
and Superman. My favorite character by a writer I cannot stand. <laughs> so, That's not true. You can't stand Colin Bunn. You can't. I can't stand, stand Colin Bunn because <laughs> yes, that is true. There is, like I said, we know that Bendis has it in him to write some great stories. Yeah. And I'm and look, this is not one of those things where I hate Bendis, so I'm not going to read Superman. I want Bendis to do a really, really good job on Superman. He's like him again. <laughs> he's I want to like him again. Absolutely. I really do. I cannot fathom not wanting to read Superman. Yeah. That's my favorite character. Anybody that's a longtime listener to this show knows that. I grew up DC. Superman is my guy. So I want Bendis to do a good job on this. And apparently he's starting his run with a mini series called Man of Steel. Then he's going to take over in Action Comics 1001. Yeah. And then I think after Tomasi and Gleason uh, do f- issue 45 and a, I think they've got a special coming out also that's like 38 yeah, D- pages DC Nation number zero yeah it's all there um Oh, how you actually And this did a starts in job, July. Thank you. Yeah, this is all in this is all like well, Action Comics comes out April. Okay. And then I think both of those books are going to go back to monthly books. They're they're not going to double ship them anymore. Yeah. Um, Superman's getting a new number one. Superman yeah. is getting a new number one and this like I said this all takes place after a weekly f- I think it was what four part yeah, uh, it's either four or six. Four or six, and he's—I think it's six because he's got yeah. some yeah. top-tier artists. Yes, Ivan Rice, Doc Shainer. Yep, uh, uh, people like that. Yeah. Jason Fabok, and then I thought I had that there. Is Manipal on it? No, it's no. George Garcia Lopez. Manipal's on Justice League. That's right. He's yeah. doing No Justice. Yeah. So um, that's kind of the big, big news for for DC. Like this week is they—they they basically I, all I can say is Bendis must have walked in with some serious swagger <laughs> and a pitch from like the heavens to make <laughs> to make them stop because anybody that that knows this like i yeah. or that, like i said that's been listening to the show tomasi and gleason's run is such a defining perfect run of the man of steel it is yeah. it was such a breath of fresh mm-hmm. air and it was much needed for for soups yeah it got me into it yeah yeah, yeah. i'm about to step out i mean <laughs> <laughs> there's um i mean he's this is big news because he's doing a lot because uh Eight he's comics he, uh, well, he's well. He the other side of this article is he's all of his creator-owned stuff is now going over to DC, right? So Powers, um, Jinx, Jinx, Scarlet, Jinx World, okay. Scarlet, all of those things because those were all printed on Marvel's creator-owned imprint, which is Icon, which mm-hmm. nobody even knows that exists most uh, of the time. Jim Lee's doing the miniseries. The uh, the random artists are going to be on the series themselves. What? Wait, say that again. Jim Lee is doing the Man of Steel. Miniseries. No, well, he's doing an issue. Yeah, it's oh. it's 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 because they, they they listed like six issues for or six artists for that miniseries. Yeah, gotcha. it's so a lot. An artist yeah. an issue. Yeah. So yeah, okay. like his first work is gonna be a preview in like Action Comics one thousand that mm-hmm. will lead into Man of Steel. Yeah, I think it's a ten page story. Yeah, and then that will lead into Superman and Action Comics, and from there his creator owned stuff is coming over and new uh stuff from that creator owned stuff is coming out. Now, uh, in all honesty, <laughs> we all know he's going to focus on the two titles because Bendis, yeah. like in his creator-owned stuff, that just never comes out. It right. rarely, uh, rarely comes out. Well, he might hand it off to someone else, but we don't That's know that true. Yet. That's and true. Then, okay. yeah, and then he's curating a his own imprint at DC Comics, kind of like Young Animal. And Which was still pointless. But right. Oh, uh, um, so he's doing quite a bit. Yeah. Wait, look, I hope the transition from Marvel to DC has reinvigorated and refilled the creative well. Seems like it is. I think it has because, I mean, towards the end of, like, well, we still haven't seen the end of his run, but, like, the, the things p- started getting better. Yeah, a yeah. lot better because it seems like maybe he got 
motiv- like motivation to do something good. Yeah, I don't know. But hopefully. Roger brought this. Oh, go ahead, Dave. No, no, no I was. Saying, I'm just saying. Hopefully, because for me, I like Bendis. I'm not gonna like. But I also, I came back. I came back into comics. Man, I want to say 2013, something like that. See, and yeah, he had House of M, which I read before, and I was like, this is great. He had Secret Invasion, which I read before, and I was like, this is great. <laughs> but then the newer stuff, I was like, the only thing I liked was X-Men, again, because I have a bias towards X-Men. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cool, it's a fresh take on bringing in the X-Kids, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. But then after a while, I'm like, all right, throw them back. See, the yeah. thing, like, with his new series with Jessica Jones, that with was the great. Defenders, uh, it's all really, really good right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think that's just because he's kind of excited to move on, you know? Yeah, which I'm, makes sense. I'm a little scared for anybody else to write Jessica Jones and Miles Morales, but maybe it is time for someone new. I um, would say I'm not that scared yeah. with Miles Morales because uh, you and I, Matt, talked about it before. Mm. There's our people that are like, no, I want to do this one. Right. Yeah. I want to write no, him. Yeah, that makes Jessica sense. Jones, on the other hand, I can see some trouble with. See, no matter how upset we are, this is... A good thing. A good thing because a lot of people that don't really read um, DC Comics, they're going to pick up the... You know the Bendis. I will the Bendis issues, <laughs> because I mean, oh, I, I'm uh, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm absolutely picking it up. But real quick, one of the things that me and Roger were talking about was, you know, with him only doing Superman, I mean, Action Comics and Superman. Yeah. That's a singular character, and like, how deep does that well go? Like you said, something like that. That's like one yeah. spot to really draw from right. for a long time. And it sounds like to me he's planning for a long haul, which still. Does not seem fair to kick off Tomasi and Gleason from Superman because they had plans for a hundred issues. But do you think oh, yeah. that team can all always come back after his run? Oh yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, depending on how he I ends would, it, though. I would, yeah, I would pray that they <laughs> finish See, up and give me another fifty issues. Yeah. Th- this is going to get probably a lot more readers on Superman and Action Comics because I mean, there's people that are like. Bendis worshippers. I mean, yeah. uh, there's a podcast called Bendis Assemble that focuses just on his work. <laughs> it's ridiculous. That's a little too far. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I, hail yeah, the, the mighty Bendis. <laughs> they're actually pretty. <laughs> see, this is what I don't want. I don't want the ego exactly. of Bendis writing, thinking like you, once again, you said this the other day, like thinking he's going to ride in on this white horse and save something that it seems doesn't like he need is. to be saved. See, I don't think that that's how he sees it because I've, I've listened to recent interviews. He was just on Word Balloon with John Suntress a couple of uh, days ago, and he seems kind of down to earth. He's says like uh this is important to me i want to you know i i'm i want to write superman you know well for Mm -hmm. people that love him yeah Yeah. and and i think that's that's a good thing i this is big news this is kind of like when jack kirby left marvel comics to go to dc you know i'm not going to compare bendis to jack kirby because that's ridiculous but it's just as big or um was it john byrne that left I don't know. John Somewhere. Byrne had a long legendary run on Superman, and that's what Bendis has said a couple times in interviews that right. he wants to do, which I'm like... <sighs> I'm not happy to... I'm, <laughs> Only if it's good. Only if it's good. <laughs> I'm not happy that you know he's uh, kicking off uh, Tomasi and Gleason, but you know at least that book isn't canceled. I'm pretty sure they're going to end it well, and they're going to end it on their terms, and I'm just happy to see you know them going with Bendis because it's a big deal, and they're going to give him a big book. And right. I'm honestly excited to yeah. read it. And I'm still wondering what the heck's going on with Jonathan Hickman and DC. Right. Because they announced <laughs> offers were made. I feel like one of those two are going to be like, Superboy Prime returns. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Um, oh, right. So the uh, book before uh, Man of Steel is uh, DC Nation number zero. Mm-hmm. And that's 25 cents in print and free mm-hmm. digitally. Excellent. Wow. Yeah. That's Roger, did you want to... 
cover pull lists during this segment? Yeah, sure. So um, Teresa and I have uh, everything that we need to get started except for the training provided by Diamond, um, which is going to start tomorrow. <laughs> oh, God. And and we'll see. I mean, we'll we'll probably be able to figure out most of it ourselves. But um, look for the the main announcement next next Wednesday from us. After next Wednesday, there'll be no more Comicsology, and there will be only pulls through here. We'll have an email uh, specific address set up for pull changes, and you can also do it in the shop. Um, so everything should be good to go as of next week. I will make sure to remind you guys on the show to come and do that like after it starts right like hey yep. remember polls yep and then you were saying matt um yep. on the uh it's on the feed now yep uh year in review episode 2017 is now on the podcast feed go check so, it out let us know in case you guys didn't catch that it's up there now that yep. was exclusive to i have Patreon. no voice on that one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's right i forgot that's worth a listen to yeah johnny sounds like a man I sound like this. <laughs> I think it was Kayla's birthday too. So that's funny. Yeah. All right, questions. Roger, did you want me to start? Or do you want to? Uh, no, I want to start because only because I have one from Bryce. Awesome. And every time, well, I'll I'll get to that part. It's it's already happened like four times this episode, and it's hard for me not to laugh. Um. So I, <laughs> Bryce, I'm I'm gonna take yeah, I'm gonna tackle <laughs> Bryce's second question first. Because he said, I love Bryce. Um, he he says several times, you know, an episode. He you know he says, as a Carolina boy, I know what a mason jar open it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and he's he said, me. he said <laughs> he said there's only there's only two things that come in mason jars: pickle beets and white lightning. And nobody likes pickle beets. <laughs> So, I hate to disappoint so his, you, Bryce. his question was, what's in that jar, son? It is, it is white lightning. Let's <laughs> be honest, everybody. I, I, I should hold. It's actually a metal water bottle, Bryce. I'll open that up for you right there. It's just me usually drinking water. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's Jonathan it's, not paying attention how close the bottle is to the microphone. Yeah, it's some kind of it's some kind of high tech water bottle that like it gives some metal mouth or something like that. It alkalizes that. Water. That's what it is. Alkal yeah. something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which makes it a base. Yes. Which does sure. what? I, I don't know. It's not acidic. <laughs> not acidic. Okay. Oh, a pH balance. So okay, I get it. If yeah. you don't like the sound of it, keep writing yeah. in telling Sorry, Jonathan guys. how yeah. annoying yeah. it is. I, look, I, <laughs> I make no bones about like how loud I am on the show. <laughs> How much I make the mic clip, and You're how right, much like I drop stuff. See, at we the probably table. just totally like, ruined yeah. it for Bryce because he was like, "That's Man. where that boy gets his energy <laughs> from." <laughs> I'm just got, naturally loud. He's sorry. Got high octane. Yeah. yeah. My favorite was before when you would get the, the water bottles and you're like yeah, crunch. crunch. Like, is that necessary? I know. It's, I'm, <laughs> look, it I'm sorry. It's, it's like all the things that like I shouldn't do that would normally drive me insane. <laughs> If I had to listen to it, I'd do all those things. Yeah. And I it realized just, it one day. I was like, I am the thing that I hate. Yeah. <laughs> so, it makes me laugh because I know Matt's like. Yeah, and I, every time like, with the water bottles, I'd always look over at Matt at one point and just crunch like, it up. And he'd just give oh, me man. the foulest look. Yeah, it makes me laugh because the whole time I'm like, mm, that yeah. happened. Um, anyways, what's the next question? Thanks, Bryce. Yeah, yeah well, I'm saying there's, no, there's nothing like Carolina moonshine to, <laughs> to strip everything from the inside of your intestine. Dang. So, it's called a do. detox. It's been, yeah. <laughs> I got to try some of it's, that. It's been a minute. 
I've, I've been out here too long. I'd probably die. Okay, so um, <laughs> next question for Bryce. Uh, this should be a, a pretty quick one. Um, he wants to know, uh, his question had a little more speculation on this, but um, he wants to know if we can help determine what time period, which 10 years, Doc Manhattan stole from the D.C. When did that mm. actually occur? Mm. My, my my thought is it's post-Flashpoint. Yes, after he, he after the flashpoint event happened he he uh noticed it took interest in it and then that's when he messed what made and basically what i always thought was beautiful about rebirth is it kind of indicated that the new 52 was an abomination of a timeline and i thought that was pretty accurate you know yeah. but new 52 um, was in 10 years no, but he, he took the... ten years, and he changed. He changed the vote oh, because he took, ten K, he, took, he took characters out. No, I don't think so. I think it was a ten-year period. So like infinite I st- crisis. I think because if you, I think Wally is the biggest indicator because at one point, when Wally was the Flash, Wally West, yeah, um, he was married to Linda Park, and he had two kids. Yeah. Okay, and he was roughly in his thirties. Okay, mid thirties ish around there. Okay, he's a young man in his twenties now. So Middle, that's even mid-20s, somewhere before in there. Flash Rebirth? So it's possible. I think we still don't know. I like, I think that's the safest answer. Yeah. But remember, the whole point of the question is we're kind of speculating. Yeah. Well, because you said it's post-New po- 50, 52, so it's like Flashpoint. Well, because technically he, he could have taken – right. He, he could have taken the whole Flashpoint event out too. Right. Yeah. He could have he could have used that anomaly to even go back pre Flashpoint and See, take out some time. The thing that always gets me is um, from Batman Zero Year to uh, Batman issue like uh, seventeen. Yeah. No, after um, after the death of the family or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's only five years, and yeah. you're telling me in those five years he All had four stuff. Robins. Yeah, that's not you know. Well, that's where well, I it, think it's comics. Comic yeah. they, they are yeah. saying that, but. It, it, they're playing yeah. loosey goosey with. Yeah, that's where I'm thinking that he actually took like years, like certain timelines out. He was like, yeah, "Let me right. take this out." He cut cherry here. picked. Yeah, he literally cut and pasted. Yeah, and it it may be something that we never find out. Yeah, it's just he messed with the timeline and stuff. So. Well, I was also under the assumption though from the end of Flashpoint for, from New Fifty Two, there was a ten year relapse in years of characters, mm-hmm. right? So where's all that time as well? You know. Well, that's where I'm thinking. New Fifty Two is his creation. I think Rebirth. I I, I think that it's really like DC saying like we know New Fifty Two messed up. This is the reason why it messed up because Doctor Manhattan played that, a part. I think the, it was like yeah, New Fifty. Uh, I think Flashpoint happened where he's like you said he sees it, but that's when he was like, oh, let me actually dive in and create the universe. Because remember, they always said in DC that. Uh, it was actually created like the Big Bang or the creation of the universe was like a giant hand. Hmm. Like there was something there. And if you read JLA where uh, they go save uh, the atom in the microverse, mm-hmm. that explosion that occurs there is a giant blue hand. Hmm. So it's kind of similar to like the creation of the universe and it's it's document. Manhattan hands resetting and, everything. Yeah. I think. yeah. So I think that's where it's kind of going where it's like I almost think they're going to say I created your universe yeah like because remember he's even now, that's said, one thing that i hope they don't do because i don't want all of dc to be the the machinations of dr man what i think it's going to be like he pulled what he wanted in my mind i think he's going to say i pulled what i wanted and created this 
Maybe Bendis will explain it to us. Yeah, something like that. Because he <laughs> like they say in Watchmen, he's like crazy powerful, right? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, he's in Mars doing crazy stuff. I feel like he's kind of like a kid testing his powers. Like uh, Franklin Richards, like, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Where he's like, I made my universe under my bed. Yeah, yeah. we'll Quite find possible. out. We'll find out soon. Which would be cool. But at the same time, well, I just, we won't. he'll be too OP. I, he's already too OP. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, even when it comes <laughs> that's to... That's such a modern problem. Oh, he's so overpowered. Well, Which is a Dr. good thing. Dr. Manhattan <laughs> is, though. Yeah, he's strong. Like, but I you know, I think if it's written well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. Like, with Doomsday Clock, I hope it's not going to be, you know, I punch you, you punch me, we become friends kind of thing. I want it to be more like, oh, there's no action. Martha. This is more... <laughs> why, Anyways, why you gotta go there? Oh my god! With that, yeah, why yeah. you gotta go yeah. there? Anyway. But no, I, I hope it's just gonna be good. And yeah. Jeff Johns, you know, Jeff just Jones. keep it real. Yeah, yeah. wait, Jeff Johns, and go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next question uh, is gonna come from Ian. This should be really quick. Uh, we'll treat it like a lightning round. Uh, favorite and least favorite X Men character oh. for me, Colossus. My favorite. Least favorite has to be Legion. <laughs> That's still so fresh in my mind, it hurts. Mm. Johnny. Can, can you pick someone else? I don't know many X-Men. I'll try to think no, of one. Johnny doesn't like the X-Men. Yeah. Oh, man, Dave. Oh, my least... Okay, I'll say my least favorite is... I forget his name because he's that unimportant to me. He's the guy with all the eyes. Eyeball, or whatever his name is. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you know I got it. I've seen him. Yeah. yeah. You've the crappiest. Seen him? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, he's the worst X Men ever. I'm like, bro. I mean, you're good for scouting missions, I guess. You're like, oh, I see everything. <laughs> but my favorite is always going to be Wolverine, or any variation like X23. I love. I, I got my favorite, Nightcrawler. Oh, that's dope too. Mm-hmm. My least is a great choice. Oh, and my least favorite. Oh, I like Gambit. Mm-hmm. Um, is probably Wolverine. <laughs> Get out of here, Jonathan. Um, I'm. I keep breaking this. See, this is another thing that I do on every show. I always mess with this pop Just filter. I know. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> um, I, I'm a child of the '90s, so I, I shut up. I, I love the X-Men, so it's tough for me to pick a singular one because I love Wolverine, I love Nightcrawler, love Gambit, love Cable. Um, yeah, exactly. I love that freaking theme. I hate oh that. You're so, so lame, Johnny. I hate Get out of here. And the voice acting was so yeah. good and bad uh, at the same time. Yeah, it it's was. almost as bad as the Firefly yeah. theme. Oh, I'm gonna oh, get out of here! That was a good theme too, man. So, we're gonna just, pin him down yeah. there oh. and beat him with chairs. Them fighting words. I know yeah. for real. Um, man, it's see uh, those like just take X Men '92 and everything there. I love. Yeah. Okay. Um, as far as like least favorite, I don't know. I guess it's tough. <laughs> Cyclops because he got killed by a cloud. No, well, that was just dumb just writing. That yeah. wasn't his character. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Jeff Lemire on that one. I'm gonna change mine. I don't like Quentin Pryor or yeah, that's Quentin. the name Quentin Pryor. Yeah, Who's that? yeah. the purple hair uh, Omega. Or, I don't like that kid name? either. Yeah. Kid Omega. What's his, kid, no, no, Kid Omega. Is that his name? Yeah, Omega? yeah. yeah. Okay. What was yeah, that? I don't like him. What was that worst X Men ever character? Yeah. I forget his name, but like he could blow he, up just in, once. Just once. Yeah. He's not real. I really don't care for Cable. Uh, Shame right. on me, but I just really don't care. But I really like Kitty, Iceman, or oh, Sunspot. Yeah. Those, Those are, are all good, too. Yeah. And they Havoc. have good characters. I like Havoc. Too. Havoc's a great oh, character, Havoc's a dope character yeah. too. Yeah. I like all of them, except for a handful. Namor's He's kind of this. <laughs> Namor's I don't not exactly lightning anymore. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. All right. Last question I have is coming in from Frank Candeloro. Uh, thanks for your question, Frank. Um, this one is going to be a two-parter. Uh, we'll start it next week. We'll ad- or this week we'll address it some, and then I'm going to have to come back to it next week. 
Um, Frank's looking for a a good website to to look at for comics that uh, are coming out in in the near future. Um, he had also you know he had talked about um, how you know far in advance his comic shop had to order, um, and he, he basically said they needed about a month leeway to ensure that you get it. Uh, he also yeah. noted that you know their com- their comic shop uh keeps their inventory so close that if you don't pull something it's probably not going to be on the wall so and i understand that i, I <laughs> jonathan's really really trying to be ginger gingerly with that that uh that lightning bottle <laughs> you're really you're really gonna have to have a little lightning and yep engraved on there i'm yeah um okay so first i i wanted to talk a little bit about how comic shops order uh you'll you'll you know get the um get it straight from me um comic shops order uh two months in advance from the previews catalog um and you guys would have access to that too either through you know subscribing to the previews magazine which is like four bucks um, or going to Previews World and getting that information from Diamond, you'll see. But the Previews website is is a piece of junk. Uh, it's hard to navigate. There's all kinds of stuff on there. Um, but you can get through it. It just takes a lot of waiting to, to find what you want. Uh, but comic shops order two months in advance on their initial order. Um and then uh, Diamond also operates under a final order cutoff uh, program where comic shops can uh, update their orders uh, three weeks in advance, typically three weeks for comics, um, graphic novels, and other merchandise uh, can be anywhere from two to six months in advance depending on on what it is but if you if you miss something by the final order cutoff chances are um it's not going to be available if it's non-comic related um but for comics and and graphic novels uh if you have an order in with your shop within three weeks you should be good yeah um I think I think he's looking more for like a website or an app. No, no, I know he is, oh, and okay. I said and I said that I just wanted I just wanted to kind of go over because he had also he was this talking about his shop, right? So I wanted to go over exactly how it works with with comic shops yeah. ordering through Diamond, and if is with with customers knowing that it helps them as far as when they have to 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 get their orders in. Unfortunately, Diamond doesn't make it easy. You know, it would be nice if they, if the public knew what was on final order cutoff too. You know, if there was an EB app. One of the things we, you know, our shop has used since we opened was Comixology mm-hmm. um, to to do our pulls um, and to to look at what's coming out. And they actually added, you know, a decent site for. Uh, I mean, sometimes sometimes their information wasn't all up to date. Right. Um, but it was it was the but best was thing out there. Great thing for the consumer because right. we didn't have really anything before yeah. that. Um, and, and until right now, yeah, because Comicsology is going away, um, so that's that's no longer going to be a a viable resource for for looking at upcoming uh, releases. Um, right now, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna do some 
some looking around this weekend because I want to offer our customers something to um, to go to to kind of manage their pools. I know there's a few apps out there. Yeah, I was going to uh, recommend some. Paid. There's like Comic Collector Live, um, which has a you know a pool feature. Yeah. On on theirs. Um, do you have do you have some off offhand? Yeah. Um. So I personally use uh, this uh, app called League of Comic Geeks. It's for iPhones and Android phones. Um, but sometimes they don't get like all the variants. But I like that one because it just shows me what's coming out for that week. If you want all the variants and but stuff, it's like also that. incomplete. Right. Like this week, it didn't. There was right. Well, There's a big book that it didn't have. Yeah, it didn't have uh, some Ga- books. Rogan Gambit. Yeah, and that's a big f- book for me. But um, I recently, f- uh, uh, hearing this question uh, earlier today, I looked it up. And there's a website, at least um, for Android devices, called Comic Shopper One. And it's not the prettiest, but it has everything. Okay. It has everything that... Uh, you, including so you, variants. Yeah, including variants. So you can see what's coming out uh, for that particular week. And then just once you see what you have, you let your store know and, you know, they'll order it for you. Yeah, one thing, I, let me touch on variants real quick. Um, there's a lot of different variants out there. Mm-hmm. Some of them are order all variants, which means that, you know, there are no restrictions to comic shops. They can just order them, uh, like DCs, uh, all of IDWs pretty much. I mean, IDW has incentive variants too, but incentive variants are where a company says that comic shops have to order X amount of copies before they can even get one of this other one like a one in 50 variant would have to be 50 regular copies just to get one of of this other so exactly um but no i it from what i've used of this app uh it seems pretty good it has everything it looks like it's pulling the list from diamond or something okay um it's not it's like i said it's not pretty and what Uh, was the name um, of that one again it's called comic shopper and the number one okay comic shopper one for android devices i don't know if it's on iphones you guys can check um but I mean, it even has like all the uh, publishers. I know cool. uh, another way. Uh, it's a little more complicated, but you can go to the individual publisher websites and see what's coming ahead. You right. can do it that way too. But it doesn't tell you variants, but it tells you what issues for right. about a, at least a month, maybe six weeks ahead. Right. So that yeah. that's another plausible. It way. also has merchandise coming out for that week. Oh, cool. So this seems, well, at least, I don't know if it's an iPhone, but this seems like a pretty decent app, even though it doesn't look good. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, check that out. So hopefully um, I will have some time to look at at that and and other options and decide, you know, how well they stack up. Yeah, I don't know if Uh, it has, like, a pull list system where you can sync it up with, uh, like, shops or anything like that, but I think this helps to just... You know, see what's coming out. No, but if they do, and that's that's actually something that I'm looking for in in an app like this, because if somebody can create a pull list and then just you know take a screenshot or something uh, of stuff that they want and send it to us via email, that's cool. Yeah. All right, we have one last question here, and then we'll move on to our reviews. Okay. So Tom, Hello, Tom. says, "Hey, Tom from Canada. Hey, Tom. Oh, that's the guy mm. that you've been. uh yeah. pen pal." Yeah, essentially. Sweet. Uh, so, of all the types of comic characters and superheroes, what makes for the best stories? Uh, in other words, regular people with no powers, police or detectives, karate style fighters, or super powered guys, uh, godlike overpowered dudes, et cetera, et cetera, and why? 
Oh, man. I think uh, an element that makes great storytelling is when you can relate a character to yourself or a situation where if a certain element happens to a character and they have an emotional reaction and uh, you as a reader have had that a similar emotional reaction that mm -hmm. um, helps better the storytelling from the relatability standpoint. So what okay. you're saying is it's less about like necessarily the ability or the power of the character. It's, it's what the character's more... going through. Yeah, yeah. So, I think yeah. that's a big thing because yeah. there's a lot of times where I read an issue yeah. and it could be a Superman issue and it's like issue 15 and I'm one and done. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man, I'm like, I've been there, man. Like, I know yeah. what you're going through. Or it could be like a Green Lantern or a random indie. And I'm like, oh, I know. Yeah. Like, uh, one that I actually, I, I didn't experience it, but there's one with Invincible with, uh, with Mark, Mark and that one, uh, I forget their, uh, what's their, what's their race? The Viltramite. The Viltramite. The, the, the girl who, who has her son, his, his son. Oh, that's uh, the situation. Anissa, yeah, that's the situation. I was like, man, that's some crazy stuff, and right. I feel bad for you. Because you can actually relate to that yeah. in real life. Yeah, yeah, you can. There's like a way, like <coughs> people will relate to a situation that and like that. Personally, I love when there's character development in a sense of my favorite thing is when you have an overpowered character like Thor, like Superman, and you tone them down to you are now human. You have emotions. You're not just like have at the I can't be stopped or anything like that. that's more like I'm experiencing fear I'm experiencing right. anxiety because face of fear. having those powers yeah because yeah. 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 even yeah. though they're super powered we go through fear and anxiety exactly to, to show a character that we love and behold doing the same thing that we do exactly. I can man that's he's just like me in mm -hmm. those situations is what yeah. makes good storytelling you know, I love a good grounded story or even over the top stuff it's just a matter of like there's got to be stuff in there that just attracts your personality you yeah. know action packed or Kinda like speaks drama to you. yeah yeah I think that's the main thing. I would agree. Um, I think, yeah, I think uh, <coughs> the comic book medium is so full of different types of characters. It's tough to just pick one and say, like, that one. That yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. So thank you, Tom. I do have one question. Yeah. And I remembered it when we were talking earlier, and I don't know how I, how it came back. Okay. But it's just a random quick one. Is there, is there a DC equivalent to the Punisher? And who is it? The Vigilante. Grifter. Yeah. Grifter. Uh, but Grifter's a government operative. He's not, like, kind of out on his own. Because well, that's what I was trying to think. Frank like, has a warm machine. Red Hood? <laughs> yeah. Red Hood? Red Hood, I no, think. Not even, not no, even, not like, even. Because Punisher's, like, gung-ho, I don't care. You cross the street, and I will snipe you Vigilante. From yeah, he's straight up dark, you know? But yeah. I don't, I haven't, I, I was trying to think of a character from DC that's like that, that's, like, off the grid. Sounds yeah. like a B-tier character on DC. No, yeah. no the Vigilante. Yeah. The Vigilante? Yeah. Okay. I was curious. Yeah, he was. They haven't used him a whole lot, but he's super dark. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I I looked up who is DC's Punisher. Someone said Dan DiDio. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lie, though. That man is a great man. Uh, That's funny. He sat on your lap. He, I sat on his lap. Right. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> and when I saw him later on at Comic Con, I was like, Dan, I'm the one that said on your life. He's like, We're practically family and gave me a hug. Oh. <laughs> what about he said it, it's true, right? Yeah. So anyway, that that's a story a for one. another time. The, the comedian maybe? Uh, but that no, count? like that's uh, main right. DC continuity. Yeah. Not not Watchmen continuity. Apparently I would say vigilante. Okay. Apparently there's Look a guy named okay. Unknown Soldier. Mm. That sounds like a Do you know who that list. is? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. He's, He's the guy with the bandage would. all over his face. Yeah. All right, whatever. Yeah, with the cares? mummy, the mummy rap. Yeah. Uh, no, I was just curious because I was like, hmm, who would it be? Yeah. I'm fairly certain that what you're you're looking for is the vigilante. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Quick answer. So. Anyway. All right, let's actually move over to what this show is about. Johnny, 
Yeah. Tell us about the Marvel book we're reading today. Yeah, we read uh, X-Men Red, number one, by Tom Taylor and Mahmoud Asrar. Uh, it is a story of um, the of Jean Grey, the newly resurrected Jean Grey, I guess, uh, forming a team and um, basically a people, a country, um, you I know. nation. A nation, mm. that's what it is. Is the term they use. Thank you. I am not good with words. Um She's forming a nation, and, you know, stuff happens. That's <laughs> basically the book. She's forming a nation, uh, and that is um, recognized by the UN. So, I was enjoying this book all the way up until about three-quarters of the way in. Oh, yeah? What happened? Oh. Uh, everything at the UN. All right. <laughs> uh I like Jean. I like uh, I like the the look of the the suit, the team. Um, the team seems pretty cool. Uh, I was kind of digging like and getting excited about it. Yeah, all that stuff was just so stupid. Um, what I what I well, Roger, we were talking about this earlier. It's yeah, just, hey, I had this conversation <sighs> with you. I had this conversation with Johnny. Yep. Um, and. Probably at least one other person that came in. Um, for me, this book is good, but okay. It's good um, but. My my problem with this, and again, I I was digging it too. I um I like Jean Grey. Um, I was glad to see this comic coming back. For the life of me, I don't know why Namor is on this team. We'll see. That was the other thing. I, and and the first I, mutant. Yeah. Well. He's oh, also God. the king of Atlantis. Yeah, he is. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the, the, I, I don't know why the king of Atlantis is also their ambassador to the UN. <laughs> it's fine. That doesn't really make and any T'Challa. sense. And T'Challa. But, yeah. I don't think T'Challa was the ambassador. Well, he's, he seconded the Yeah, he was at no, the UN council. I think that was just sorry, like a representative. Not T'Challa, but a representative of Wakanda. Yeah. Right, right. He had to t they, She had to get permission from T'Challa to do right. that. Yeah. Anyway, um, look, my, my beef with this book is that um, it seems like nobody you know wants to write a story about the x-men that doesn't involve you know them being a suppressed minority and and this and, and them wanting to have their own nation you know it's like that's kind of the go-to storyline and that's what tom taylor does in in this book yeah well he even um, acknowledges that too in the book too. yeah no i know that but because they did the genosha storyline they did the utopia storyline which was good you know, and, uh, <laughs> and and now they're going back to this, and I'm like, I you know, I just want them, I want them to fight apocalypse or something. You know, I yeah. want them, I want them to throw down with some villains. Well, I think that you can. I don't think that you have to come out and and just so overtly go after that that trope. You know, of the X Men that you can subtly do that. You can you can get across that that these guys, but it's always. You know the public going muties, but they you know that this is literally. I think that's the, book. the main premise. Yeah, and that's the thing with the X Men. It's always been that because of that's what's going on in the world right now. X Men are always been the minority of something that's going yeah, on. Yeah, look, and, I, yeah, and that's where I actually enjoy it because it's back to basics, back to. It's what always been the social read. commentary. Yeah, book. what what people enjoy the X Men, yeah. and one thing that I've always argued is I want old stuff now. X Men's Gold's giving me the Brotherhood. I keep saying that, and I'm biased too. Let's keep it real. Yeah, but um, it's giving me stuff that it's want. It gives me a team that's interesting and kind of fresh because you wouldn't expect some of these guys to work together. 
it's given me the standard mo of like people hating mutants yeah. how many people hate on races how many people hate on gender identity how many people hate on this they're going back to the whole standard of like look even in the comic gene says we created genosha and you guys killed us we had utopia and you still targeted us what can we do yeah no i um like i can understand people that have read x-men for however long for a long time and they feel like it's the same story but to me i've read some of those stories and they don't stick with me that's why i kind of don't uh like remember them really like roger and i were talking about this this is i think this is the book the x-men book that i've been waiting for Mm -hmm. because it's interesting um and i i honestly i love this book because it's it's showing me something it's it's not showing me something completely different but in a different light where you know gene is not just doing like gene is not going to just build an island for mutants she's trying to integrate you know her people as a nation right um and i think that that that's great because it's it's different enough and i i honestly was just loving all the characters in here it's just i i don't like x-men but I think I, I added this to my poll because I want to read more of it. Well, for me, I thought it was a great read. I will say, even though I there's some parts, parts there's some parts in the art that I'm like, what the heck happened here? Yeah, the art's it's not over great. Our, it's oh, over. Our, it's good. Mahmoud Ashar is great. His art is good, but I was just making comments before the podcast started. It's like, what happened here? It felt like this was rushed. But then I <laughs> look I'll at this the face, break. Jonathan. If somebody's head exploded. In front of you, do you think you wouldn't look like that? It's so flat. <laughs> and for me, it's just, I feel like it's just a back to basics kind of thing where they're trying to get everybody what they want. They wanted Jean Grey back and they wanted her to be who, better. Who wanted Jean Grey back? The people. They <laughs> the look, people. They, the people wanted, the, the X Men fans wanted Jean Grey back. And I, then. I'm an X Men fan. I didn't want Jean Grey I wanted back. her back, but then they give you Teen, teen Jean. And I'm like, no, I don't that want fine. that. I don't want that. Give me the real gene. Look, the big thing for me is, like, I like the X-Men, but I feel like I've already read this. And if you're going to have me come back and pull this book, you better give me something a little bit more. And so for me, this wasn't enough to hook me into issue two. Mm-hmm. That That's kind of where I'm at. I think the strongest part of this book was the gene and Nightcrawler yep. yeah, um, definitely. conversation. I, I absolutely um, love that. That was a very well done nuanced conversation between two people that hadn't seen each other in a long time that you could tell were friends. Mm-hmm. Like there was some really well done stuff in that particular little sequence of panels and, and pages and whatnot. I, look, this would have been a stronger book if the entire thing had just been a conversation between Gene and Nightcrawler talking about what's happened to the mutants in her absence, mm-hmm. where to go forward, you know, the talk about the legacy of the team and going forward rather than, you know, trying to do this other stuff. And I don't think that Cassandra Nova coming in at the end of the book oh. is, is, you know. I don't, don't, you I said don't, a hardcore X-Men fan, and he was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I t- Jonathan I and I were talking it. about this today, and I was I was like, only, only the hardcore X-Men fans are going to say Cassandra Nova and go, oh, yes. Yeah. I don't know I love that this, is, but I'm excited because. It's, it's the evil it's twin of Xavier. Xavier. Oh, sweet. They're holding a sentinel head. Oh, that's because of. Uh, that's X- cool as E hell. is for extinction. That's why. Oh. I told you to read that. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. <laughs> I. I don't know. I don't know about you guys. I love this. Like I, we've read X Men Gold number one, X Men Blue number one, uh, yeah. uh, number four, 
whatever. Um, <laughs> I the Legion. We remember. We read Generation X. We we read basically every X Men book that Marvel has. I do not like any of them as much as I like this book. Oh, astonishing. We, we also read Astonishing. That one was okay, but it's it's not as good as this book to me, at least. Because this Tom Taylor fanboy, dude. I'm not. Yes, I've read you are. I've read one thing from Tom Taylor, and it was great. It was Injustice. Justice League vs. <laughs> Power Rangers. This is my only concern when it comes to the X Men right now is that it is kind of going like I, I keep saying it's going back to basics. One of the, my fears is that it's kind of going back to the '90s where they had all these X titles and it was just like a, what do you call it? A dilution of so many X titles. You got X-Men oh, that's, Red, that's Blue, Gold. That's exactly what they're You got do. Weapon X. You got uh, Astonishing. They just canceled Generation X. Remember when they th- when everybody thought that like oh yeah they're trying to cancel all the X Men books because like oh, yeah. a couple years yeah because yeah. like well, it was ago. an event right thing. yeah yeah <laughs> but this is the thing so far the books that I'm reading which are the colors which is yeah, blue red and gold and astonishing yeah and astonishing yeah. those are great and for me I think this is going to be pretty refreshing I think they're going to kind of branch it out into two stories which is going to be good in my personal opinion again I do have a bias. But I think they picked great characters for the story. And Honey Tom Badger, T- I was is, gonna say Honey Badger is dope as hell. I want more Honey Badger. Yeah. I love her in uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, uh, all new, all new Wolverine. Wolverine, and it's just her name too. When she, you should have read that uh, comic where she was like, "Let me t- uh, get a title." Yeah, and I was like, "Honey Badger." And, and then yeah, so like all the comics are in the background. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. All but new yeah, Wolverine's overall, real good. If I'm gonna rate this, I'm gonna give it a solid four. Roger. Three stars. This is the first X-Men book that's ever turned me. It's a five for me. I loved mm-hmm. it. Uh, well, I didn't like the art that much, but it's still a five. You I loved it. crazy. Dude, the art's uh, inconsistent. The art's good. Um, three for me also. Uh, largely because of the, the scene with Jean and Nightcrawler. And then uh, it's been such a long time since I've seen uh, Osrar do anything that it was like a treat for the eyes for me. So... I think no, and I want him to. Run. I want him to pick a name for new Jean. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> oh yeah, they haven't done that. They just keep calling her Jean, and she's got this, you know, this the rad suit and awesome everything, and yeah. you know, she's as all long over. as it's not Marvel Woman, I'm good. Red Sparrow. Um, no. I think that's a movie. It's a movie. It is a movie. <laughs> all right, Roger. Tell us about the indie book. This that was fun. the longest read. For a single comic a train? He told, he, that we've no. ever done on this show. Roger told me that he said, like, oh, yeah, we can read something else instead. And you insisted on this book. That's a lie. <laughs> Anyways, let him pitch it. <laughs> no, it's true. Did I insist? Oh, no. Insist is a little strong. <laughs> Fine. You said, I want to read Wicked and Divine. Yeah, because well, I'm was, familiar with Wicked it was, anyway. it was more like a sad fanboy voice. <laughs> But I thought we were going to read Wicked and Divine. <laughs> That's more accurate. It's okay. Yeah, that was Tuesday morning. Yeah. No. <clears throat> oh, I was like, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Roger. <laughs> Looking first to Dave and then back to Jonathan. Wondering whether they had finished this comic. The indie comic this week was Wicked and Divine, 1923 A.D., said Roger. Which was written by Karen Gillan with art by Odd Cock. Roger paused briefly, reflecting on the hefty tome of a comic before continuing. (laughs) 
self-narration. Yeah, I love it. With uh, this comic takes place during the host or the most recent incarnation of the gods on Earth, as they gather on Lucifer's island and fix uh, find themselves embroiled in one murder mystery after another, as the gods are one by one being killed off. Yo. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Yo, we really should do an audio drama. Yeah. That was the best pitch I think we've ever had, Roger. Yeah. Matt, you're so, going to have to get that soundboard ready because, you know, there's yeah. like the creaking of the doors. <laughs> so just to bring you guys up to speed, one of the characters in... The uh, Morgan. I loved it. Oh, yeah. uh, one of the characters in here is Morgan. And he, he's, he speaks always in the form of a play, like his own character and... And he'll, like if he says something softly, he'll say Morgan softly. Yep. <laughs> Have you thought of this? It's like third person narration. It's what was so yeah, funny about that is the first time I read it, I thought it was like a mistake that they included from the script. Yeah. And and worked into the like the prose or whatever. And then I realized it was a recurring thing. I was like, Oh, yeah. that's what they're doing. Got it. Awesome. Imagine what that script looked like, though. It could be like Morgan Softly, quote, Morgan, Morgan Softly. I, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty sure he was like, this guy talks in the third person <laughs> yeah. and narrates himself. But this is, you know what, this is this is a killer book. It's it's like 56 pages, pages, something like that. Um, 54. Yeah. I think there might be, I'm not sure, there might be a comic's worth of sequential art in here. Mm-hmm. But m- most of it is prose. Mm-hmm. I mean, you probably get for every page of sequential art, you probably get two pages of of prose. So it's it's a long read. I mean, it took me it took me three four hours to to get through this. So I was reading my young adult novel, okay. uh, uh, a prose novel. Sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Continue. And I was like, man, this is a lot of words. I'm going to read some comics instead. Pick a Wicked and Divine. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> All right, whatever. This is a lot more words. Um, yeah, okay. it's extremely long. It's also extremely good. Yeah. Um, I actually think this is a great jumping on point Yeah. for people because enough. it starts right before issue one. the issue one of the current series. And here's the thing. If you're a long-time reader of the series, this is a treat because you're like, Oh, that's how we start. Because you come in in the first issue with uh, some of the characters from here, and you're like, what is happening? And they all die. Yeah. Which was great. Yeah. And that, like, it was such a great cold open to a comic. I was like, I'm hooked. I don't know what any of this is. And then it jumps forward 90 years. Oh, yeah. Or 92 years, I think, is what it is every cycle. So um, this goes back, and you actually get to see that fateful night that builds up before the current you know generation generation of, of right. the pantheon that exists and so for those of you that don't know what wicked and divine are every 92 years uh the gods are a pantheon of gods i think it's 12 mm-hmm. are born yeah, 12. they are they are loved they are hated and then within two years they're all dead and then the cycle repeats yeah so in every cycle they come back as these different prominent people so apparently in 1923, they were all poets and playwrights and theater people. In the modern age, they're all pop stars. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's kind of kind of what it is. Um, it oddly enough, it is one of the 
the just the strangestly like addicting books to read because once you get into it, yeah, I can knock a trade out in one. Yeah, sitting. well, that's how I read them. I read them in trades. Me too. And if I had to go, I don't know how Kayla does this issue by issue. Yeah, I really, I don't. wouldn't be able to. I, that's the reason why I can't do it because this is a solid for me is a solid trade by trade, and with every trade, I'm like, I need to find the fifth one. Like I. I've stopped reading it because I need a good solid amount of trades to come out. <laughs> like I'm thinking I'm on ish, uh, trade three and I'm like, no, I need at least trade seven. So I'm like, all right, satisfied. Yeah. Cause it, it's so easy to burn through a full story yeah. arc and you just, the way Kieran Gillen leaves plot threads and then comes back to them. Oh, it's classic. It, he, it, it masterfully done yeah um and, and even in this like he flexed a different set of writing muscles in this book oh, yeah. dude d- dude is is a seriously good prose writer that's what made me so angry about reading that first issue of his star wars run because that just did not feel like karen gillen that yeah. was a steaming turd yeah this is what i know of him the thing for me i did not i'll say i did not finish reading this and i've already mentioned that i will buy this issue, read it, and I'll email you guys my review <laughs> because it's just one of those things where I did not expect this. I read the first two Nobody issues <laughs> and yeah. I read the first two review uh, comics last night. Then I woke up this morning and I turned this and I was like, oh my God, no. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do this. I won't be able to do this with and, my schedule today. <laughs> and the thing is, X-Men read, what, like 30 double, pages? Double or we larger picked the issue? three yeah. biggest Swamp books this thing. week, except Young Monsters in Love. But yeah. 80 pages, Wicked and Divine, 56 pages. I, I, no. It felt God, like 200. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, but it's so good, though, because the only ever, I got about halfway through it, and I was just thinking, man, this is so good. I think I could pull it off. Could not do it, but still good. I tried to skip the pros and just I read thought the- about doing that but then Roger read me a line from later on and I was like well I gotta read <laughs> yeah. it cause it's like the it's like a you the way the, the panels worked no. is like it gave you the last section of the chapter yeah it broke me out done perfect cause I tried to skip to the next page with where there was no pros and I was like I have no idea what's going on so yeah. I have to go back mm-hmm. it's I don't know. I mean, it's it's well written. It's good. It's interesting. But to me, I just did not want to read it like this. Yeah. So okay, I, I have to I have to share this quote with the readers because if anybody out there is on the fence on whether to start this series or read this book, this will probably do it for you. And that's uh, Karen Gillan puts a line in there. It's, it comes in at probably about uh, a little over two thirds of the way through, and he says that there's one character talking to another. And he says that, after all, murder is the most sincere form of criticism. Oh, yeah. I got <laughs> and I was that like, part. oh, my God. It is a great solid, one. It is a solid jumping That's pretty point. brilliant. And that's what yeah. made me just like, well, not skipping any of this. Got to yeah. read it all. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of great lines like that through the dialogue. Um, the art's pretty. The art's fantastic. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know who this I love the uh, fact that they kept Coke it like is. 1930s black and whiteish kind of thing. It's like, beautiful. I think it's Koch. Yeah. Okay. Who knows? Who cares? Yeah. Um, I will say my only gripe, and this is my gripe throughout the series, is I get confused about who the gods are. Yeah. Because of the fact that there's a lot of characters. And yes. even in the series, I think there's more than 12 now. Something's going on. Well, it's because on. some of them die, and then they co- there's more that get replaced. So they're they get replaced. always keeping about yeah. 12 going. One of the things that they started doing in all is, the single issues yeah. is, or issues, I had a stroke, sorry. Um, issues is that they've been including uh, a cast at the right. beginning. So now you can look back and see which gods we're dealing with. And then they cross out the ones that have been killed. So yeah. you know, like, oh, that's who which I love about. too, because especially in the books, they, they, with every issue, they do that. Yeah. 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 
So it's like you can just see like how much bloodshed there's been. Yeah, it's, it's, awesome. it's a good series. I just wish I read it all before I can actually be like, yeah, I got it. Don't totally. Yeah. Oh, it's worth it too. Yeah. So, what would you uh, rate this, Roger? Five stars. Johnny, I didn't want to read a book. It's a three. Oh, that's a poor excuse to it is. rate it. Sorry. Well, no, it's just it's good, but it's not something that I enjoyed really. Dave, tell him what it should be. It should be a five. Mm. There it is. And I'm still going to hold. I'm still going to say it's a five most likely because I know I'm going to like it and I like the series. I just want to be able to read the whole thing and be like, did it end perfectly well? Yeah. Oh, dude. Five. Absolutely. Five. Yeah. Again, a a splash of bias. Yep. My bad. (laughs) Yep. Dave. All right. Tell us about our DC book. So our DC book is Swamp Thing Winter Special written by Tom Tom King and Jason Fabok. It's 80 pages. Jason Fabok did the the art? Mm. Yeah. Okay. That's why it's so pretty. This is like that Green Lantern issue. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I will say my pet peeve before I even describe the summary, uh, give the summary, is cover, binding, great paper inside garbage yeah personally that's it but the story starts off with swamp thing in the middle of somewhere um carrying a child after a brutal fight with a snow monster a winter monster i guess you would call it and he can't remember what is going on because he's disconnected from the green and this kid keeps trying to remind him it's like you saved my life we're trying to get to the green you said you need to get the strength going to continue fighting this monster and it's like a continuous repetition of this over and over. It's kind of like he'll fall asleep at night, wake up, and it's kind of like a dark version of uh, Groundhog, Groundhog Day. Day. And I personally enjoyed that. There's a little bit of that. I think it was a Hemingway story where, like, the the old – there's this guy trying to survive the winter, and he's trying to mm. write this match. It's a short story. It might not be Hemingway, but it just seems tonally like right. something that he would do. And he, he finally gets, like, the match lit, but then, like, snow falls on it and puts it out. And he's mm-hmm. just like, uh, yeah. you know, like, you know he's going to die kind of thing. It had that bleak kind of feel to it. Mm-hmm. So. I, I actually love the story. I thought it was paced well. I actually enjoyed the fact that it was just a quick, I mean, it's a quick read. It's 80 pages, and it's a solid story for that. I would rather I not have seen this it. Is the, the, that story is the full 80 pages. Because um, there was the you get the backup story, with the backup, backup story when the oh, so it's a little that. less. Yeah, I think okay. it's a little less. Still good though. Yeah, and I'm glad it wasn't like a long six story arc miniseries. It was yeah. just one and done, perfectly paced. Loved it. So I even things? loved the story in the beginning where it's the interview with the football player. Okay, so I'm glad you brought that up because if you read Tom King and Jason Fabok, they did the first issue of the Button. Mm-hmm. crossover with Batman and the Flash commentary over the Action. Gotham Blades hockey team yep and in this one and I don't know if this is just a thing that they decided to do to like harken back to that or if it's just the thing they're going to do in each one of their things every time they work together but there's a commentator going over uh, the Gotham Knights football team yep. and talking about the quarterback that kind of blew things for his um his team. His like, team. And after in the third quarter. And he kept saying like it was just the monster, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I tweeted at Jason Fabok and Tom King. I was like, So we got the Gotham Blades in, you know, issue one of the button and we got the Gotham Knights in this. Are we gonna every time you guys team up gonna work your way through all of Gotham's major league teams? I'm okay with that. They both liked the, the tweet and didn't say anything, but I was just like, There's sure gotta be some solid, inside like That's a solid joke. yes in my, in yeah. my <laughs> So anyway. Go ahead, Johnny. 
I hated this book. Mm. <laughs> the story was pointless. <laughs> I did, there's no point to the story. It's this book is way too expensive uh, for a simple uh, story. You can see the twist of the kid a, a mile away. Um, the art's beautiful. I do not. I don't see why we needed this book. Um, I see it. At, uh, I see the point of having a Len Wein a tribute. You know that thing. That's, and that's the point of the story. Well, yeah, but I don't think that we needed. I think we could have just done with a two ninety nine comic with this reprint. The point of this what? is, and this is from Jason Fabok. Mm-hmm. Him and Tom King wanted to do something to honor Len Wein. Mm-hmm. They're not making a dime off this book. It's going to the Wine family. That's yeah. sweet. That was the whole point of this. This wasn't remember, a big. Yeah. This wasn't a big like we're gonna do Swamp Thing and bring it. like it was just mm. like let's do something. They know they wanted of. to publish the the the, um, the well the the art the story mm-hmm. yeah. of of Len Wein's last Swamp Thing book that he had worked on, um, and they probably wanted something else to go in there to to yeah yeah it, it really needed another story. I mean that's cool. Um, no story wasn't great. It was mediocre. I, I disagree with you I mean, so much. I disagree. Yes, there's some elements that you can see coming. Like yeah. you definitely know something's up with the kid, but mm-hmm. it, just something about the the way that that's conveyed through Faybox art and everything. I don't know. It, it also it did it for me. I was just like, this is cool. He did uh, Faybox like his art's beautiful, but he did kind of a bad job of uh, you know making the story flow because like in this page, you assume that he cut off his leg. But, you know, he didn't. Well, I think that's kind of that's hinting. That's the point. Yeah. I that's, think that's where they show you on. that something is up. I think that was that's where I figured it. Yeah, I, mean, I figured I, that right there. I was like, something's I knew going something, on there. I knew something was up, like, in the first few pages. Like, oh, yeah, there's something wrong with this kid. He's messed up. Yeah, well, that might be the well, assumption the, that you're supposed to get. Yeah. Well, and then I that's guess. the confirmation. Well, I think, well, yeah, that that's the point where Swamp Thing starts to figure it out yeah yeah the reader i mean i, I i'm with you I, th- I thought you know the the ending was telegraphed for me mm-hmm. but that's the point where where swamp thing figures it out yeah i feel like this is like the opposite of the last time i was here yeah. when we did uh mr miracle yeah. right where it's like we figured out uh big bartha was pregnant yeah and you guys were like what yeah no we didn't yeah, we yeah. didn't know that so it's like the, the opposite here yeah. but i still think it was a great story i, I felt so bad Ro- roger I, yeah roger and i were talking and like he also said it's a lot in the middle it's a lot of just walking through the snow yeah. which yeah. i love though that's I, it it's good pacing no. it's just like tom king is really good at doing that kind it of felt stuff. like yeah. it feels it Felt like a snail's pace, but and that's it, how it's supposed to. But make that's the thing; feel. there was no like point it takes to it. Forever. Yeah, like, yeah, and that's where he's, he's there, where he for says it's there for yeah. years. And the, yeah, exactly. Well, and that's where. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I understand. Yeah. I I I actually think it probably is good pacing. I the story really didn't do anything for me. Right. I wish. Uh, I don't know. I wish this was different, you know, in some way, because because I love the the fact that it's all going to the the wine, fa- the wine, whatever. What would family. you have liked? Huh? Look, what would you? Have I don't know. A better let, story. Let me. I'm, I'm gonna step in here. This is gonna be hard not to spoil, and I know we've tried. We've kind of we've kind of stepped around this, but think about think about um, when Swamp Thing figures out what's going on, and his choice. Okay, are you kidding me? That's your first choice. Your first thought isn't, oh, maybe somebody's manipulating somebody else and I've got to figure out what's going on. He 
how can I not spoil this? Yeah, <laughs> I don't no, think you know, and I agree. Well, we're a I will podcast. agree with it's you fine. right there. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, what other choice did he have? He are you? Are just, you kidding? Just, but the, the, I'm saying this because it's not like it's a six issue story arc. This is less than eighty pages, and he has to make it quick. No, he goes. No, he just comes to the conclusion. Oh, I'm sorry. Spoilers. If you if you want to read this book, pause it and come back in a minute. No, his first thought is. Is oh, kids the problem? And he offs him. But <laughs> seriously, yes. this is, what kind of what? <laughs> well, because remember they established that the kid was the snow monster. Though. Yeah. Yeah, but look, the snow monster could have been manipulated like, by some other yeah. force. You guys talk True. about like the slow you pacing, know? and that's a good thing. But when he like finally realizes, and he's like, "You're the monster," clock. But then. Dead. But it's also kind of making it like a transition that he's also like Swamp Thing is also a monster because he talks about it himself where he's like, look, people look at me as a monster and I try not to be. But look what about the position that I am now. If I'm going to survive this, I have to kill you. Then, well, I mean, and then he by, leaves. The same, by the same yeah. time, Swamp Thing should understand that, well, if somebody wants to kill me, they should because if they see me as yeah. a monster, they have the right to kill me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm but, shooting, but look, also Swamp this, Thing I'm, is a force of nature at that point. And I mean, you know, he's. So is the kid, I guess, because like he's a force of like the cold nature. I mean, if he sees the kid as a, uh, if he sees himself as a monster and he wants to be tolerated, then shouldn't he extend that to the kid? You know, but he should. Point- he should have at least had uh, tried to get the snow monster to reveal himself and his true motives as being the the because look, you you are completely, um, you know hooked into this kid i mean this kid is i mean he's he's terrified right you know he's running he, you know he thinks swamp thing is is his his savior and he's going to protect him you know and you really feel emotionally you're 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 really hurting for this kid all through the book right it's not okay to just kill him swamp thing is like you know wow this is sad i'm gonna have to ch- <laughs> I f- you know yeah. <laughs> well, right I think through that's the also, heart i think he also kind of uh, put that in there in the beginning with the bear where it's like look bro I can't fight, protect the kid and help you out buddy I'm gonna have to take you out I think he also it's, it was you know it, it's a story of survival this mm-hmm. the, the longer he stayed with the kid the more he was disconnected from the green and dying himself so I think it was like a, a play of self preservation yeah, at that why, point too but, yeah, but is it your first is it your, your first uh, order of business just to just kill him wouldn't you try to like I gotta figure out if it's this kid. Yeah, you know? he's just like assumes it's the kid. Well, no, because he even says it there. It's like, look, I've been with you for years. I know, like, I have the the, the amount of time I've withered has been years, not days. And you know what? What sucks is that the kid is basically begging. No, he's begging. He's like, please don't kill me, please, yeah. please, please. Well, I think that's again his writing trying to say, like, look, Swamp Thing's trying not to be a monster. I he is ultimately a monster, and this is solidifying that. I think that's the reason why it's not supposed to be a standard comic book ending like superman where he's like let me talk to you and let me help you solve the situation he is a monster there's no negotiating with monsters is what he's kind of trying to say right there and it has to be a dark ending for swamp thing personally i don't know any backstory about swamp thing but it seems like every time i hear about him it's not a happy ending for this dude and even his stories because even the one with the with the batman where he's like hey batman i need your help the brave and the bold yeah where it's like i need your help i need to do something Batman's like, sure. He still does his thing. He's like, I'm going to do, I'm going to, not just as it served, I'm gone. Kind mm. of I don't know, man. I still, th- like, I still think he, Swamp he, Thing would have had, at least for a couple pages, been like, kid, look, I know it's you. 
I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure if you're trying to pull the wool over my eyes, if you're, you know, but you have to stop this. You're killing me. You know, you have to. And if you continue, you know, I'm going to cut off another leg. I'm going <laughs> to, well, you it know? didn't do anything because the yeah. kids still no, had I know. the leg. He still yeah. had the leg. But I just, I do not think that's, you know. Well, let's rate yeah. it, Roger. Two and a half. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, I, you know what? Three. That because we we didn't really get a chance to talk about the Lynn Wine tribute in the back. Oh yeah. And the Lynn Wine, Wine tribute is is worth it. Um, I you know that was that was really everything about that was was pretty touching and going yep. through Lynn script. Um, I really like that. That's so really on cool. the whole. Uh, three uh, three and a half. Yeah. Uh, Two and a half. I do not like Kelly Jones art, <laughs> but that's just me. Kelly Jones needs to learn how to draw guns and other firearms because they're oh really mm. poorly that drawn. Yeah, one's supposed to be a shotgun and it looks like a revolver that's just really big. I oh, was just I like, oh, it. yeah, okay, no photo references for this. Dave. Oh, I give it a solid four. I like the tribute and I thought the story was great. We're gonna have to talk about this more. I'm not sure I want you to be my therapist, Dave. <laughs> oh no, I no. Agree. The problem is you, boy. <laughs> hey, see, look, I disconnect therapy after six. <laughs> this is nerdy time now. <laughs> Office hours for therapy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I love it, Dave. Yeah. What's uh, up? What's up with these guns? <laughs> I'm gonna. I, know, I'm gonna like I told a you. Broken glass moment right there. Like. Ooh. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna rate it four and a half. I liked that, you know, Tom King and uh, Jason Fabok kind of t- teamed up again for this. Um, I like the fact that, you know, they're... They Fabok's t- art is sick. Yeah. I love the fact that they, they did it for mm-hmm. the wine family. It was kind of a done as a tribute. Yeah, so was so. the kid. Cool. Anyway, uh, I don't think any of us got a chance to really read anything beyond the titles we had because they were extra, except for Johnny, who would have still made a, a recommendation regardless. One. One, Johnny. Uh yeah, check out Rogan Gambit. It's really good. Okay. Even from issue one. That was really good. good. <laughs> All right. Highlights for next week. Uh from Marvel, the book that we are gonna be reviewing is Star Wars Thrawn number one, which I have that high sounds, hopes for. That sounds cool. Um what's a Thrawn? It's Thrawn's a like, Admiral. And it's kind of God. a origin right? story. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's like oh, pre Rebels, right? I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh well in the current continuity. No, I continuity. God, I know the Thrawn tr- trilogy by Timothy Zahn. I think it is. Yeah, with the Ujan Vong and all that. Mm-hmm. Yep. I I read the comics. That's bad art in there. Those aren't canon anymore. Anyway, uh, no, they're not. Uh, we're gonna be reviewing number one of six. It's a miniseries. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we are gonna be reviewing from DC Sideways number one. Mm, that is cool. uh. Kenneth Rockford on art, so it's been a minute since I've gotten any of Kenneth Rockford art, which I'm excited for. And I believe Sideways is plotted by Dan DiDio and written by Justin Jordan, or they're working together because. And do we know which character Sideways is yet? Or Sideways is just some kid new character. Right? Yeah, he's a new yeah. character. He's a, kid. a he's a kid that's a a fan of the DC superheroes. Gets the pa- he's essentially uh, the DC version of Nightcrawler. He has the ability ah, to teleport, gotcha. but his rifts do something, and so there's some interdimensional, like it's a space between dimensions, whatever sideways. that he's using. Oh, yeah, okay, sideways, yeah. exactly. There's some sort of dimensional police that are after him because he's like, you're screwing with like stuff, and so is this kid's like, ah, 
<laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So um, okay. I read the the, the little okay. teaser in the back of one, and I I dug it. Cool. It's Kenneth. Yeah, that was a dope teaser. I actually yeah. enjoyed that too. Yeah, yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, all right, from Indy. For some reason, Roger had highlighted Black Betty number one, but that was a mistake <laughs> because the only thing important from Indy next – well, not the only thing. Black Monday Emerges is out next week as well. Yes. But the most important thing that we're reviewing – Kick-Ass number one? No. no Kick-Ass three number one, right? No, I, I think know, it's a relaunch. Because this is, is a, this is a new character. It's not, oh, it's not it Dave anymore. Yeah, it's Kick-Ass uh, relaunch. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I couldn't. I couldn't work on that one. Yeah, he. he yeah. Yeah. Too busy. Yeah, it wasn't good. Invincible number one forty four. All right. The or is that the or end? That's the last. It's the a last. triple size, oh, isn't goodness. it? It's essentially like yeah, it's a monumental issue. I'm really excited to read that. So. Yeah, we're gonna have a big panel next week too. Sweet. I Are think you I'm on gonna, that one? No, I'm gonna recuse myself. Yeah. I'm okay. gonna be on it so that we can. I know uh, Dusty's gonna be on it. Jonathan Virgin's gonna be on it. Um, Blake's the first time. Blake for him. is going to be. Oh, on. that's right. And next week we are recording Tuesday night, so you will get this right. a day early. And I can't promise that there won't be any shenanigans since Blake is going to be on. We mm-hmm. wanted to make sure that you guys could all listen to it together. We'll try to with keep them apart. Ones, yeah. Over dinner or something. Yeah. Maybe. And for those of us that are forever alone, to just you know have an and, extra treat, sit and cry <laughs> by yourselves. Man, that's going to be a heavy week. It is. And then what are we? What traders Blake bringing? Right? Oh, the trade we are doing next week. I'm excited. Yeah, should be good. Sinestro Core War Volume One. What's that? Oh, Dang. by Jeff John. The introduction of the Yellow Lanterns. Yeah. Oh, is it really? Yeah. <laughs> that's an oldie but a goodie. Yeah. I'm excited. Good, good story. I'm excited. Uh, should I read off like the the new graphic novels and the restock that's coming in? It. You yeah. put that on here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, from act- uh, new new stuff coming in that you've got on here is Action Comics Rebirth Deluxe Collector Hardcover Book Two. Yep. Uh, DC meets Looney Tunes trade paperback and Titans trade paperback Volume Three. Restocked items are Batman Flash the Button Deluxe Hardcover. For those of you, I know there's a couple people that are were looking after that. You're looking out for Where's that. Where's the trade, man? Um, you don't need no trade. DC I need a trade. <laughs> what? That's the button with the um, the lenticular. Yeah, oh, okay, sweet. I already yeah. have that. Uh, the new Frontier so trade paperback from DC. Uh, Hulk Planet Hulk trade paperback. Hulk World War Hulk trade paperback. Lady Mechanica volumes, volumes. one through four are coming out. Trades. Mm. Manifest Destiny trade paperback. We need to review that book. For yes, show. please. Um, Mouse Survivor's Tale complete hardcover. Which is the hardcover mouse, right? Mm-hmm. Sandman trade paperback volume one, Preludes and Nocturnes, and Sweet Tooth Deluxe Edition hardcover. Those are all the restocked. Yep, all good books, all coming so, back in. Cool. And as always, guys, if you want the complete list of new releases, um, you can go to horizoncomics.com, click on the new releases tab, updated every Monday. You'll be able to find all that there. We And also, if you guys follow the Instagram feed, Roger always, you what tuesday morning post like new and restock well yeah usually i do the graphic novels and the toys because the comics um, yeah i'll come on the on, on the, the website. Main website and it's just a way to let you guys know some of the cool stuff that we got in mm-hmm. yeah all right so that's taken us to our graphic novel of this week which is moon knight by jeff lemire and is it greg smallwood i think the so. toys i'm looking at the toys yeah. and one looks like a baby uh, magneto <laughs> it is. It's oh, kind of it's, yeah. So this is volume one of uh, 
Jeff Lemire's run? I think yeah. it's the only volume he did. No, no he did 15 issues. Three. Did he do 15 no, 14. issues? 14 issues. Yeah, it's three oh, okay. volumes, 14 issues. Okay. So the cool awesome thing about this, real quick, before before you pitch it, <laughs> Johnny, uh, when he came in today, he had pointed out that we reviewed issue number five. We did. And mm-hmm. I was like, I thought that looked familiar. Yep. And I was like, I probably gave it, what, like a three and a half for issue five? And he was like, yeah, actually, you did. And I was like, okay, yeah, that was the Yeah, I re-listened to that punch. episode because I'm crazy. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Was uh, it was really cool because I never, I never went back and yeah. reread. August fourth, two thousand sixteen, third episode. Yeah. yeah, that's the reason why wow. I actually brought it back because I wanted to see what you guys thought after seeing the oh, whole it's fantastic. arc. Yeah, you know, because this is also not even done. This ends and it's like, but there's so much more. Yeah, yeah exactly. Ten more issues. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it says good. Mark Spector, aka Moon Knight. Uh, Jake Lockley, Stephen Grant has been fighting criminals and keeping New York City safe for years, or has he? When Mark wakes up in an insane asylum with no powers and a lifetime's worth of medical records, all of his identities are called into question. He's surrounded by faces, haughty doctor, hostile orderlies, uh, vacant-eyed patients, but maybe those faces are just masks. Some hide, fr- uh, some hide friends, other en- others enemies. Or even worse, gods and monsters. Mark will have to fight his way out. Will uh, his patron come to save him this time? The moon is high. The mask is on. But if he succeeds in escaping, will he find a city of sand? And what will it mean when Mark Spector comes face to face with Moon Knight? Everything you know may be wrong and you'd be insane not to find out for sure. Yeah, you would be insane not to find out for sure. In my opinion, again, bias because I love Lemire. Yeah, it's so good. I this was a book I was championing like back when it was coming out. And I felt like a lot of people weren't reading it. Uh, I mean, like when we reviewed it, you guys didn't give it a good score because it was the fifth issue, and you guys didn't know. Uh, I think Roger, you know, you like didn't feel good about the ending, but after yeah. reading the whole uh, first arc, it's like. Well, to be it fair, makes sense. how do you describe what came before that fifth issue? Yeah, I know, oh, yeah. that's crazy. Because even the summary, it was just like, oh, what? Yeah. Yeah, because I think I remember you guys talking about it, and you're like, oh, man, this fifth issue won't do you any justice to the whole, like, the whole thing. There's no right. context for yeah. anything. Yeah. 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 What Jeff Lemire's strength is, is this guy knows how to, like, convey so much with so little. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, like, a strength of his. Yeah. Yeah, with with what could be a throwaway line, he really makes you like realize, oh my God, I I don't know if he's insane or not. Right. Uh-huh. And just to get into this, just because uh, it's you gave you read the summary on the back. This is literally Moon Knight, uh, Mark Spector, um, doing what he does best. Like he's a hero of the night, guiding people in the darkness. Marvel Batman. Yeah, Marvel versions of ba- uh, Marvel's version of Batman, but. Everything gets questioned when he wakes up and he is in an insane asylum. And you picked this, right? And I picked this. Why'd you pick it? I picked it because, again, I'm a therapist and I love reading one character development, two complex characters, because this character actually uh, struggles with dissociative identity disorder. Hence, he has three different, well, I guess more than three personalities. He's got Jake Lockley, who is a cab driver, Uh, Mark Spector, who is quote unquote a mercenary, and his his true identity. And that's in quotations. Um, I forget the third guy's name. Stephen, Stephen Grant. Grant, who is a publishing multimillionaire. And then Moon Knight, Mr. Knight, 
same character. And then you got Khonshu, who is the the Egyptian, the, god, the of, Egyptian god of the moon, who, again, you can argue is a multi, another personality. So it's a lot of this is a complex character going through a lot of stuff. And the cool thing about this is that it this this is where I mentioned earlier when that question is, I love it when things get grounded. This is like the ultimate grounding for me in a sense of this guy, this all his stories get questions like, w- was I really a hero? Yeah. Or was I just insane going through this stuff? Because even by um, the end of the first issue, by the end of the first issue, you're kind of like, what? Uh, what? Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> There's a whole lot of that. Through yeah. Because yeah. he's like and questioning even, himself. Yeah. Because he's going through electroconvulsive therapy. They're drugging him. And even the uh, the main staff, the, the main. Billy uh, and Bobby. Billy and Bobby, but not that the uh, main therapist, psychiatrist. Oh, even challenges him. It's like, yeah, look, yeah. man, you Dr. are Mark. Yeah, Doctor Emmett is like, you are Mark Spector. Moon Knight is just something you are fixated with. You are not him, and shows him a notebook of his crazy drawings, kind of like a that was awesome. The ring yeah. kind of thing, where it's he just said, like all these stories that you've written. Yeah, she's like, you've been in here since you were twelve, and she's mm-hmm. got his notebook out, and you got this little kid's drawing in there, and off to the side, it's like, find out what. I need to get to what it, or what it takes to, to be escape. a cab driver. Oh yeah. You know, and then mm-hmm. he's got the, the, I mean, who is a kid and, and a comic reader who didn't like, you know, design utility belt stuff like the grappling hooks and stuff yeah. like that on, on paper. And it's got all that. It's really cool. The first issue in my, in my opinion, if you read this first, uh, graphic novel, the first issue, I, my opinion, grips you off the bat and yeah. at the end if you are not hooked by then i can't help you you know but it's so good one it, of the things that's really great about this is uh greg smallwood yeah the art in his panel layouts mm. are very interesting and how much white he uses yeah i love that um and how he make because moon knight's costume is predominantly pure white, white yeah. right you know and so he uses that to really kind right. of mess with stuff, but like, um, and also like mental hospitals and, and mental hospitals, yeah. and sterile kind of feel and whatnot. Yeah. But just such unique, interesting um, panel layouts. And then there's times where it looks like he mixes the media of what he's doing. Yeah. Um, yep. Where some stuff looks more sketched or whatever, and then other things are really clean, like it's almost digital. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When um, like the the reality of like Moon Knight's you know, uh, vision or whatever he's looking at is, is kind of shaky. Yeah. The, the art changes. changes kind of like sand. Kinda, yeah. yeah. Kind of like sand. Very grainy. Yeah. Um, when he passes out, the, the panels get smaller going down the line. Until it's, it's so nothing. good. Mm-hmm. So very, very cool creative choices just in, in the look and the, the feel of the book. Well, um, that one's an exclamation point. What was that? On the left. It's an exclamation point. Yeah. Yeah. Going all the way down because of the that's the electroshock mm-hmm. got turning on. So oh God, that's just, so good. It's it's fantastically uh, done. Uh, Smallwood was uh, definitely a good choice to use on this book. Lemire knew what he was doing when the art's uh, like dirty, but in an amazing way. You know, it, it, it complements the story. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I I love the books that you've been you know bringing in, uh, Dave. Like um, She Hulk uh, by uh, Mirko Tamaki, I think mm-hmm. it was. Uh, just they're amazing and they deal with you know um, mental health because obviously you're a therapist I also uh, do it because these are Marvel books yeah I've only been here for Marvel and it's not be- it's mainly because and Marvel has done a bad job pr- uh, publishing books so far mm-hmm. but I always want to argue that even during the dark times there are some 
sparks of life. I I believe it. And these are the ones. Yeah. They're harder to find. Exactly. And I'm trying to like bring it out there for people to see if these are the good ones. Maybe if you. Trust me, we do too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. But, I mean, you also have to provide breadth of coverage too. Because I I, look, I, I, yeah, I love Marvel. I love Marvel's characters. Oh yeah, same. Um, Right now, but I mean, look, we could we could just put it on a a stagnant rotation and and review, you know, Mighty Thor, uh, Spider Man, and Doctor Strange every time they come out. Right. Thanos. Yeah, which is which is hard because it like the B characters like Moon are the risk taking ones where it's like yeah. you really want to read it, but you got to find them. I mean, Lemire is a great writer. Uh, yeah, that's, that's one reason why I kind of stuck with it. That's what I've been, you know, trying to <laughs> say. Like the it's the the good books are the small books that nobody's really paying attention to. But they're also high risk, high reward. Right, exactly. Like when Warren Ellis left, like oh, nobody really cares about Moon Knight. Let's yeah. give it, you know, Jeff and Lemire, Greg Smallwood. It's great. Like with you with the uh, Unstoppable Wasp. Unstoppable Wasp, Hawkeye, uh, Miss Marvel. Uh, yeah. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Those uh, are good. I wasn't a fan of the Wasp, though. That's why I was like, eh, you're not getting my money. So that kind of thing. So it is high risk, oh, high reward. I love that first issue. You're crazy. Yeah. but Yeah, you're crazy. My only gripe with this this uh, this graphic novel is I feel like they missed out on a golden opportunity to make a pun. Because right. the first volume is called Lunatic, and it should have been Lunar. Luna- oh, my God, yes. Yes. That's what I was thinking too. I was like, you could have done it so much better right there, Lemire. Come on, guys. If I was writing super hard, I gotta I would say like four and a half. That's <laughs> that's really dumb. That's the point. That's that's dumb. Dumb. Never yeah. miss an opportunity to it, pun, Johnny. It's really yeah. dumb. Ever. No. But you know, if you're from the hero. south, it's just normal speech. <laughs> you learner tick. That's awesome. And it's um, crazy. We haven't even gone in great detail with this book, but it's yeah. one of those where I say, read it. Do it's not. tough to go into yeah. great yeah. detail because there's a lot here. With it's a lot of is it real? Is it not? And Where this leaves off, it's just like what? well, I love I love how because one of it, the one of the support who was the 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 girl who uh, who owned the diner? Oh, Gina, uh, Gina, yeah. Okay, so which is cool. Gina initially, Gina's like, you know, she sees you know the the guards and the doctors and stuff. Everybody, is, she's like, I'm not seeing what. Mark seeing yeah. the only person that's okay. seen is Crowley, and yep. um, yeah, and and as you go through, there comes a point where Gina starts seeing what Mark's seeing, mm-hmm. and he's like, Oh, finally, because initially Gina was kind of used to, to say to sow those seeds of doubt that, yep, you know, that no, he's really messed up in the head, okay, this is all part of the, the you know, um, Mark's. Uh, mental, you know, uh, problems. But then there's this point where she switches over and she's like, you know, she starts seeing him as not Dr. Emmett, but Dr. Amat, um, you know, yeah. which is awesome. I mean, you get this crocodile head <laughs> and, the, and the, you know, the Egyptian dog headed guards Anubis. and stuff. It's, oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then one Anubis shows up to, as the, you know, and it's like, are they on a subway train yeah. or are they, are they on a magic carpet ride going through, you know, some <laughs> so time space dimension? Even the way it ends, it's kind of like us, like this volume one could be like a one and done. If you really think of it, you, yes, yes. It's, it's very easy to digest and it, and it could be done like, you know, those indie films that kind of leave you with a what, what? kind yeah. of ending. It could be done like that, which in and of itself is really creative and, and whatnot. But knowing that there's two other volumes after this, it's just yeah. like, well, where how far down does this, this rabbit, rabbit hole, hole go? goes deep, and it's a deep cut, too. And I say, you, one and done, if you want to just read the volume, go for it. But if you want to know everything 
and almost kind of like a like what what is it called like a retconning but not it's kind of like just the concentration of everything that happened read the rest okay? yeah because it's that good cool uh my favorite issue is issue five with like the uh all you know the extra artists and i mm. i mentioned this a lot i hate when they use multiple artists on one issue but with this it works you know they bring in wilfredo torres and james stoko and francisco francovilla and it just works it's kind of like messing with um reality yeah messing with reality and y- you know for different parts of the story it looks different and i just love the, the way that they brought in these uh ringers who are not really you know in big mainstream superhero comics um, but they're great nonetheless. Mm-hmm. I actually thought five was, for me, it was still the weakest issue. Oh, yeah? Like the page that you kept going back to where they end up on the moon. Mm-hmm. I, I still, I'm like, what? Yeah. You know, that's where I was pretty certain that it was, that he was just messed up in the head because it's like, oh, now you're yeah. in a spacesuit. And it questions you, it makes you question it all the time. You're like, what is going on here? This well, and, and initially, so cool, though. This, oh, no, it's great. No, I love the art. Yeah. Art. Um, but another, another one where, you know, because I think he is where Lemire did a good job of, of letting you know that he is he's sick in the head. Oh, yeah. Was at the beginning when he fashions his suit out of the bedding. Oh, yeah. That from was his. And they come in and he's got this towel wrapped around his head with like, you know, his eyes just looking Black through eyes, it. yeah. No. And... And he sees him as as the dog headed, you know, uh, Egyptian whatever. Blackies, billion yeah, blackies, billion bobby. Um, Love that. But then the the towel like comes off his head, and all of a sudden they look normal again. Yeah, yeah. It's like I need my mask so that I can see you properly. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, that's man, you're messed up. But it's man, this is it's 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 yet another masterpiece by Jeff Lemire. Jeff Lemire. Yeah. He can't do no wrong with me. Him, well, mm, he can't do no wrong with me right now. Like he's on it, dude. Yeah, he. Yeah, let's I, rate it. Yeah. He nailed it. Five, the whole thing. Volumes one through three, five. <laughs> uh, four and a half. Issue five pulls it down for me. Yo, I I've loved this since it came out. Uh, five. I'm going to have to give it a five, too. I really enjoyed it. Um, plus, it was the shortest read this week, and it was the graphic novel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> read it four times faster than Wicked and Divine. Yeah. So, all right. That's going to take us to trivia time. Roger, we got those winners from last week? Yes. So, last week, the question was, and it's rather apropos because we're doing another Moon Knight book this week, but I wanted to know uh, Moon Knight's first appearance. It was in Werewolf by Night number 32. Uh came out sometime in 1975. Nice. And you had that I comic. Was such a, I did. I was 10 years old at the Sweet. time. Sweet. Um, okay. So this week... Uh, oh, wait. For, for last week, um, the winners of the comics... Uh, Metal and others David Revis uh, The winner of the graphic novel uh, Strangers in Paradise Will go to Earl Lloyd Congratulations, Congratulations David and Earl um, And ju- yeah just a side note uh, Clay and Bryce Both have uh, won comics In the last couple of weeks They've got some books on order for us Those books I believe are all coming in next week And they had asked That I ship everything out together um, Will do so, awesome. 
that uh, that should all be wrapped up next week. Um, all right. Well, I'll get some trivia for the listeners. Uh, the trivia for this week is going to be what is Swamp Thing's first appearance? And where should they send that, Johnny? Uh, you can send that answer to contact at allstarcomicspodcast.com. Are you sure about that? You I don't sound know. Really contact fun. at allstarcomicspodcast.com. There you it is. created the account. <laughs> I'm sorry. Every week, every week. Contact at allstarcomicspodcast.com. Maybe? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Forget you guys. Whatever. <laughs> I wonder I wonder what's the reason you guys don't get too many uh, answers. Hey, maybe <laughs> since we started moving this to the end, yeah. we're getting two to three times yeah. as many responses. I know Sweet. it's only it's only a couple of weeks, right. but uh, let me say that again. Contact at allstarcomicspodcast.com. Right. Swamp Thing's Question first mark? appearance. Send <laughs> yeah. send in your answer. You could win Moon Knight Volume One or some really long comics. <laughs> but worth it. Yeah. 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 Um, Expensive ones too. Did we check to see if we had any reviews this week? Any new ones? Johnny will do it. Johnny will do it really quick. Uh, guys, if you like what you're hearing, uh, you know, rate, review, subscribe, like, and share, all that stuff. Uh, if you want to keep up with everything at All Star. Man, it's late. Uh, if you want to keep up with everything at the shop, you can follow at Horizon Comics on her, on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Like Horizon Have you Comics. Have used Twitter yet? Sure. On Facebook. <laughs> Uh, if you want to keep up with everything, Johnny, the Johnny two by four, Johnny two X four on everything. Yep. Uh, Dave. Uh, YGTT, YGTP. There you go. Dang, Roger had <laughs> I know, it. Right? I saw I you like doing it, it yeah. out. Like, I had like, to figure it out. <laughs> and then also on Facebook, just, uh, Dave Ramirez. If you just want to hear my biases on yeah. Posse Dave. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love having you on the show. Cause you're always like, like the, the positive dude. Yeah. I love Not being that on nobody, the show. I should rephrase it cause I'm going to get a lot of hate. Everybody's been re- we have actually you know what's funny is I was thinking what's I was funny? like oh Dave is on the show this week awesome but then I think like every time somebody's on the show I'm like oh they're on this week yeah. awesome we have like such a great base of listeners and you have such a great yeah. base of customers and it makes it fun to yeah. have whoever's on every week so it's like I always look forward to whoever's sitting in the guest chair yeah definitely so yeah. Yeah. I think my favorite right now has to be Dusty <laughs> <laughs> Mo- so mostly because of the name but at the same time I'm like oh this is gonna be a good one with Dusty on yeah, <laughs> yeah. alright yeah uh, we got a new review did we? Oh, nice. yeah from uh, Dufresne Party of Two <laughs> I don't know who that is. I I love that reference. Anyway, here's the review. Two weeks ago, a tractor trailer blocked me and my husband's car on the dark end of a Denny's parking lot. The truck driver wouldn't let us leave until we listened, subscribed, and rated this podcast. After a two-week standoff, we finally gave in, and it was worth it. Great podcast. Five stars. That's amazing. I, I think I know that truck driver. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry you had to be stuck in your car for two weeks. That I'm not. But there you go. You got it. You got a lot of good content. I feel like go. you guys got a vigilante truck driver now. Like I just picture him like coming down every single time. Blocking Have you heard of the good word of the All-Star Comics <laughs> podcast? Roll, rolling down the Appalachian Trail. Oh, oh, I love it. You guys are going to become I a love folk it. song. Yeah, keep, keep sending in those reviews because we really enjoy getting them. Yeah. Um, oh, also, I forgot to say, uh, if you want to hop on Patreon, it's Patreon 
dot com slash All Star Comics Podcast. Get on as little as a dollar, three dollars gets you the exclusive content, which right now is the uh, Multiversity University complete every month that we do the. Yeah, the getting ready to drop six another more, load of episodes. More. And I heard a couple of them as we were waiting for the show to start, and they're going to be good. Oh, so, so if you guys want to stick around till after we're done here, there's a new Multiversity University with Larry coming up. And a post credit scene, maybe. And <laughs> apparently, our new our new thing isn't stingers; it's post credits. So, <laughs> which is a lot of fun. I mean, look, if you guys want a little insight into the shenanigans that go on before we actually get get busy, you know, with re- <laughs> our, the business of reviewing comics, yeah, stick around to the very end. So, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, you guys have a great week, and we will see you next time. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Multiversity University. I'm your host, Larry Douglas. And tonight we're going to continue our discussion of the Golden Age. And over the next uh, several episodes, I think you're going to see why we think of this time period as the Golden Age. It's not just that the comics were old and that this is when a lot of things begin, but there was really a lot going on. It was an extremely creative time in the comic book industry. So today we're going to talk about all the things that happened in 1939. Of course, the Golden Age begins in 1938 with the publication of Action Comics number one and that first Superman story. But it's really in 1939 that uh, the Golden Age really gets going. Now, one of the things that happened is that uh, DC began publishing a comic called Superman. Uh, Superman was so successful in action comics that they decided to give him his own title. And um, this is the first ongoing comic book devoted to a single character. Now, of course, there will be other ones that will come later, but this is the first time that any company had ever tried that. And, uh, of course, Superman was extremely successful, um, not only in action comics, but also in his own title. Uh, And one of the things that happened in that first Superman story and Superman number one is that it's mostly a reprint of the story from action comics number one. Um, But what happened is that they did expand his origin. Um, We still didn't get anything about Krepton, nothing about his Kryptonian parents or anything like that. But who is introduced in Superman number one are the Kents, because this time we are told that the Kents are the ones who find him. Not Jonathan and Martha, but in this first one, Jonathan and Mary can't find him. Uh, They're the ones who take him to the orphanage, but then they actually end up going back to the orphanage to get him back, and they end up adopting him. Um, Now, it's also in here, even though it only happens in a couple of panels, where we're told that his upbringing by the Kents was really important to him becoming Superman, that it was the Kents who basically raised him to be a good person, and the Kents who essentially taught him how to use his superpowers to help people and even told him that someday um, he would actually be able to use these powers to benefit all of mankind. Um, So one of the elements of Superman's origin that we see is very important today gets introduced there in that first Superman comic. 
Um, another thing that happened in 1939 is that we get the beginning of the precursor to Marvel. We get timely comics beginning to publish. And their first comic book was Marvel Comics number one. Now, the interesting thing about, uh, about Marvel Comics number one is that... Um, it wasn't actually done by Timely Comics. What happened is that there was a comic syndicate called Funnies Incorporated that went to publisher Martin Goodman. Now, Martin Goodman was some uh, was a publisher who published basically pulps, and um, and what they did is they said to him, look, we think you could be successful with comics um, and we'll be happy to produce a monthly comic book for you if you just pay us a fee to do that. So Goodman went ahead and did that and uh, and as a res- and started this company called Timely Comics uh, and Funnies Incorporated produced Marvel Comics number one. Now, many people think of it as Marvel Mystery Comics, but it actually changed its name to Marvel Mystery with issue number two. Um, now, the important thing about Marvel Comics number one is that it did contain the origin and the first appearance of a couple of important timely characters, and that is the Human Torch and Prince Namor the Submariner. Now, of course, this was not Prince Namor's first appearance. He had actually appeared earlier in the year in the promotional comic Motion Picture Funnies Weekly. In fact, the Submariner story that appeared in Marvel Comics number one reprinted the origin of Namor from Motion Picture Funnies Weekly and then went on and added some additional pages and expanded on that story. So Prince Namor actually precedes um, Marvel Comics, precedes Timely Comics, and is actually Marvel's oldest character. Um, The Human Torch you might think of as being the second oldest character, and it is, but the thing is the Human Torch in Marvel Comics number one was very different from the modern Human Torch. He was actually an android, and so most people really think of the Human Torch of the Golden Age and the Human Torch of today as being two different characters. Now, um, Marvel Comics number one, which will later go on to become Marvel Mystery, was successful enough that a year later, uh, Martin Goodman would stop using Funnies Incorporated to produce these comics and actually uh, hire his own writers and artists to do it. In fact, he would end up hiring um, Joe Simon to be the editor and writer and an up-and-coming artist known as Jack Kirby uh, to write his comics. And they would, of course, go on to uh, produce a lot of iconic characters such as Captain America. Now, um, another thing that happened in 1939 is that a new company began called All-American Comics. Um, But All-American Comics had a very close association with DC. It was started by a man named Max Gaines. Uh, We've mentioned him before. Max Gaines had worked at Eastern Color with Harry Wildenberg selling promotional comics. um, And it was Max Gaines that had come up with the idea that people might actually be willing to pay for these. Um, Now... In 1938, Gaines was looking to start his own comic book company, but needed financing. So he went to Harry Donenfeld over at uh, the company that was now called National Periodical Publications to see if he would help him out with the financing. Donenfeld wasn't too keen on helping Max Gaines out, but the thing is, he and Jack Leibowitz, his partner, were um, kind of in a disagreement. Donenfeld felt that 
um, DC already had four comic book titles being published. And I know it seems weird today when companies publish dozens of titles, but at that time, Donenfeld felt four titles were enough. They didn't need any more. Leibowitz, however, thought that they should expand their offerings. So when Max Gaines came to Donenfeld, um, Donenfeld agreed to go ahead and finance Max Gaines' founding of this company that would be known as All-American Comics on the condition that Gaines took on Leibowitz as a partner. That way, he felt Leibowitz wouldn't leave to start his own company. Now, All-American and DC were technically rivals, um, but in reality, they uh, they really weren't uh, very competitive with one another. It was very friendly rivalry. Um, and by friendly, I mean that um, they advertised in each other's comics. So if you read an All-American comic, you might see advertisements for a DC comic. If you read a DC comic, you see advertisements for All-American. They even used each other's characters. Characters that appeared in All-American comics in a solo title might appear in a team-up title with DC and vice versa. Um, and so this is why a lot of these characters... Uh, that were really introduced by All-American are actually considered DC characters today. Um, and All-American did introduce a lot of really important characters, uh, such as The Flash, Green Lantern, Hawkman, and Wonder Woman. So, uh, so All-American played a very important role. But to show how friendly their rivalry was, All-American actually even put a DC logo on some of its comics. Um, so in a lot of ways, they were almost like, uh, like just sister companies, even though technically they were, uh, they were owned by different people. A kind of interesting side note of something that happened in 1939 is that a comic book called Wonder Comics Number no. 1 came out by a company called Fox Feature Syndicate. The interesting thing about Wonder Comics Number no. 1 is that it contained this character called Wonder Man. Now, Wonder Man's problem was that his powers were identical to Superman's, and DC didn't like that very much, so they actually sued Fox Features about Wonder Comics, and um, and the courts agreed. They said that Wonder Man was a violation of DC's Superman copyright. So Fox Features did end up putting out Wonder Comics number two, except that Wonder Man was nowhere to be found in Wonder Comics number two. And then that was the last Wonder Comics that was produced. It, uh, there was never a number three. Um, so DC did show that it was willing to go to court to protect its copyrights, something that would become very important later. And on our next episode, we will talk about probably the most important thing that happened in 1939, and that is the appearance of a superhero, which will come to be the most popular superhero in comic book history. Hope you join us then. Talk to you later. Oh, it's going to be Cullen Bunn month. God. That's the thing. Like, okay. I don't, I don't is so that worried, good? man. Yeah. All right. You're it probably have to... would have been good. I just don't want Venditti to leave. <laughs> yeah. Venditti, is, yeah. Venditti has been such a fantastic steward of Yo, man. lanterns and yeah. the cosmic side Cullen Bunn's Harrow County is really freaking good. Yeah, but that's his own thing. That's true. Yeah. X-Men Blue is good, too, that. but it's so not. It's not a, he's, he's really yeah, putting in the work on his. Three, it's a solid three his, or four. Uh, yeah. You know, his it's like his, his creator own book. No, Lemire. Oh, I got to take a dump. I better go get this Marvel book done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
<laughs> no, man. That's the stinger. <laughs> it's in there. It's yeah. going to be at the end. Oh, oh God. Is that what we're doing? Man. This yeah. is all bad. Anyway, should just we get started? All right. Us. I'm going to talk about the, the Bendis thing, so just let me know uh, if you get through the other yeah, news. Yeah, yeah, here. Um, so you can see what's, okay. which one's the last one before the Bendis. It's um, the new young reader in middle grade imprints is the one before Bendis. Okay. And so it's a, that. It's hey, a lot does everyone have their uh, pick of the week or whatever? I didn't read yeah. anything else yet. Okay. So uh, I, I, I don't did. know what the polls were this week either. Uh, okay. So, oh. so you'll get. I a mean, literally, I would say this was my pick of the week because this a, was exciting. I'm going to recommend an indie comic because I can't. Do we get an Avengers update? Me. Avengers? No, I, I have okay. No, with with this Wicked and Divine book. <laughs> yeah. I I didn't get anything else read either. I wanted to read Avengers. Batman, that's for sure. Oh, I man. do want to read Batman. So that'll go quick then. Yeah. Yep. And is that all we need? I think that's, that's all we it. need. I got everything else. As long as you got you got I the questions. Uh, it was good. Ready? He does. Okay. But. Oh. It was good, but. No, it's fine. We'll get into you, it. You got the questions, right? But the yeah. art was All right, cool. Good. <laughs> the good. art was fantastic. Yeah, I was and I wrote them down. You, so I, I can There's moments where I was like, easily. that's like, Mahmoud Asrar. This is good. This is good. That's all right. What the <laughs> this is bad. Oh my gosh! This is good. You, this got is that, you got that great title page. <laughs> we're gonna oh, we're yeah. gonna have an well, interesting conversation. Threw me off. This. this is one of those moments where you're like, oh, this is good. I can't wait. What? Okay. Who's the Shock. artist on the main cool. thing? Cool. Mahmoud Asrar. No, bad. it's Travis Char. Are you talking about the cover yeah, artist? Sorry, that's oh, what yeah. that would be the thing to say. <laughs> sorry. Um, all right, are we ready? Is it rolling the yeah. whole time? Uh-huh. God. But we Dave just dropped an f bomb after I deleted the last two because Johnny and Roger <laughs> both dropped f bombs. Did we like, really? Yeah. No. Damn. God dang it. Now I. All right. You, all right the more me. you cuss, the more I can't use this. <laughs> sorry. Let me get him. Going in people. Uh, yeah, I know. Sorry. Work. My apologies. No, you're good. Yeah. Just more work. All right, ready? Yeah, you're good. <laughs> 